is the sound of victory tonight. We didn't come in here depressed. We didn't come in here rejected. We didn't come in here defeated. But we came full of the victory of the Holy Ghost. Shout and give it praise one more time in this place. Somebody act like they came to have church in this house tonight. All right, I'm going to give you one more chance to shout. One, two, one, two, three, shout. when he said everybody has a plan to fight me when they get in the ring until I punch him in the mouth devil you mess with the wrong people you mess with the wrong people baby hey! the more we're afflicted the more we grow It feels good in this place tonight. All right, we're going to try to be seated for the third time tonight. High five eight people on the way to your seat. Tell them, settle down, settle down. How 
thankful for what the Lord did in this place this morning. What an incredible move of the Holy Ghost. When the Lord finished this morning, three more people were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. All three of them came out of the water speaking in tongues. As God filled them with the Holy Ghost, I think we ought to give God a great praise for that tonight. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. Amen. We're going to hasten to the rest of this service tonight. Amen. But uh, I have another water update tonight. I think we had three of them last last weekend. This church is taking the word of God serious about being fruitful and multiplying. Amen. And uh, I got some more news recently about another family that was affected by the water. And... uh, deal is is that this time it was my family and uh, I'm so grateful that Isaac and Tiana are gonna have another baby. Nova's gonna be a big sister. Come on, would you help me congratulate my son and daughter tonight? Some of y'all trolled all the way. <laughs> oh, Lord. Teach you not to jump to conclusions. Hey, Amen. I am so, so excited that God has given the Williams family another baby. And uh, little Miss Nova is just getting herself prepared. And uh, we couldn't be happier for Isaac and Tiana and what God has blessed them with. Amen, somebody. Stand with me, if you would, all across this house. We are indeed excited to have all of our guests and visitors that are in the house of the Lord with us. Would you help me one more time? Put your hands together to welcome our guests that are here tonight. Tonight, it is a great privilege to have Pastor and Sister Worthen with us in the house of the Lord, all the way from Murfreesboro, Illinois. Would you help me give them a great big uh, Rock Church welcome tonight? Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Help me make them welcome their first time here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. And uh, I am so excited to have the junior uh, family with us as well, the junior worthens. Amen. They were here this morning, and of course, they're no strangers to this house, and we love them as if they were just part of this house, and we're 
We're excited they're here. And I have had the privilege of knowing Pastor Worthen for quite some time now. I don't remember exactly when it was uh, that our paths crossed. Uh, but from the very first time I met him, we just had such an incredible connection and have remained friends and acquaintances ever since. And uh, there is a little bit of a double connection. They are related to Bishop Bass. Uh, Sister Worthen is the daughter of Bishop Bass. And uh, of course, he is no stranger to this house. And so we are delighted to have them in the house of the Lord. And this weekend was their anniversary weekend. Would you help me give them a great big congratulations tonight? Amen. And uh, we're grateful for that in their life and a double honor that he would consent uh, to be in the house of the Lord and preach for us during their little getaway this weekend. How many of you came hungry for the word of the Lord in this house tonight? Are you ready to preach with the preacher tonight? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise? Come on, give God a resounding applause as Pastor Worthen comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. Come on, Pastor Worthen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It is certainly good to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, I am grateful for what I feel here tonight. Amen. It feels like church in the house. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I want my cadet brother. My wife is sitting on that second pew. And that bottle of water right there. I don't know what water they were talking about, but you make sure you get that water away from her. Jesus. We're in the grandbaby stage. We don't need any more babies coming around. Amen. Hallelujah. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, my wife and I have, uh, we are spending a few days away from uh, our local congregation and the church and family just uh, celebrating our 28th uh, wedding anniversary. And uh, she deserves double honor for putting up with what she's had to put up with through the years. It is an honor. It is certainly an honor to be here with your pastor. The Lord surely smiled on Fort Myers. Amen. When he blessed you with your first, your pastor and first lady. Amen. What a tremendous team. And what, I, I, I can't even begin to be, talk about all of the incredible qualities that they bring to the table I'm just telling you God has been good to this city and to you wonderful people amen amen don't ever take for granted the blessing of a man of God that you have in your life praise God it's easy to do it's easy to do it's easy to just think that every weekend they'll be there but I'm telling you God has been good to this city he's been good to this church hallelujah amen what an honor to be in the house of the Lord I don't want I, I know this much I've been doing this long enough to know 
that I can't compete and I wouldn't even try to compete with your man of God. You're, you have one of the finest and the greatest preachers in Pentecost. And I'm not saying that because he, I'm standing in his pulpit. I'm saying that because it's the truth. It's the truth. He's a tremendous preacher, singer, and minister. Just, I, I, he's a pulpiteerman. He's can do, he can do it all. I can't preach as good as he, but I can preach shorter than him. And so that's what I'm going to attempt to do tonight is just deliver what I felt like the Lord began to talk to me about this morning. Amen. Now, it has been some time ago that I actually preached this message, and today while I was at our bed and breakfast here in this city, um, we, uh, my wife was reading her Bible, spending some time uh, in the room, and I walked out to the... Uh, front porch area to to take my iPad and to get alone with the Lord for a few moments and I felt like the Lord began to challenge me to go back and revisit a few things here and I just want to obey the voice of the Lord I hope it helps somebody tonight I hope it helps somebody it's an honor to be with this entire ministry team the Rock Church knows how to have church amen now we in Murfreesboro have um, we have a hybrid services on Sunday is what I've been told everybody tells me it's a hybrid services we don't have a real Sunday church because we have our Sunday service at 1030 Sunday morning class at 1030 and then we feed everybody at 1130 everybody eats together and then we have church at 1 o'clock so the reason we did that is so we could help you worship and enjoy service with you guys at 630. Because we church hop. Now, I don't. I, I have, I, we have a daughter work. We do that because we have daughter works and we have a daughter work an hour or so to wait. And it gives us an opportunity to take an entire team with us. Every Sunday, we take 20, 30 people uh, to our East Campus to have church there to have to see revival break open an hour away from us and uh, but my wife and my daughter and several others that do not go every Sunday to Carrier Mills um, they they tell me they they uh, rock the rock church Fort Myers is one of the churches that they join in with every Sunday to worship with and enjoy amen amen praise God John chapter 3, verse number 31. I want to go to the word of the Lord. I promise you I will do my very best to do as quick a job as I can, um, and, uh, but yet deliver the, the heart of God, so to speak. I hope and pray the Lord to help us. I know I've done this long enough to know that if God doesn't show up, it's going to be a, it's going to be a mess. But if God shows up, somebody's going to be changed. Hallelujah. I already feel him in the house tonight. Anybody feel the presence of the Lord here today? John chapter 3, verse number 31, verse of Scripture here. John says, He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. And he that cometh from heaven is above all. 
and what he hath seen and heard that he testifieth and no man receiveth his testimony. And he that hath received his testimony is set to his seal that God is true. Anybody believe that God is true today? For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God hath not, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. I want us to lift our hearts, lift our voices one more time. Would you give God a shout of praise as you lift your voice to him? Come on, would you lift your voice and your heart? Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated here tonight. There's a whole lot of teaching and preaching that could be done from just the first verse of the segment of verses that I've read to us here tonight. But I don't want to get bogged down too heavily in the details of the, the passage that John is sharing. When John tells us, I believe one of the reasons John wrote the Gospel of John, amen, is because John has already seen that the deity of Jesus Christ has come under attack. There are people who have come into the church and they are distorting the view and the idea uh, in the minds of those who are new believers that Jesus Christ was indeed God manifest in the flesh. Anybody thankful for the revelation of the mighty God in Christ? John establishes he who comes from above. What John is telling them is there are many who have come, but we only have one who has come from above. He that is of the earth is earthly, but he and speaketh of the earth, but he that cometh from heaven is above all. I want to remind us here tonight from the onset of this Bible lesson or word that there is none like Jesus. He is above all. There's none like him. There is none that you can compare him to. Amen. There's no savior like him. There's no redeemer like him. There's no healer like him. There is none like our God. Does anybody believe that here in Fort Myers? Amen. He that cometh from heaven is above all. There's no kings like our king. There's no Lord like our Lord. He is Lord of lords. And he is king of kings. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So we understand that there is none like him. Amen. I want. I, I. I. I know it's easy to preach that point because it's a. It's such a. 
It's such an impregnable truth that, amen, that just continues to go and grow. But can I just remind you again here tonight, every one of you who already know it, and to those who this revelation is coming into your life as we speak, that there is nothing in your world that is ever going to compare to the greatness of our God. And there is no force, there's no enemy, there's no power, there's no devil, there's no that can compare to him. He is above all. Somebody shout all. Come on, somebody shout all. He is above all. There's none like him. There is none like him. Amen. So John wanted those to know that there is none like and unto Jesus. He wasn't just an exceptionally spiritual or even wise man, but he was God manifest in the flesh. The prophets of the Old Testament, men like Moses, men like Malachi, men like David and Daniel, men like Judah or, or, or Je Jeremiah, men like Jonah, all of these men were men who were incredibly used by God. But they had human limitations. Amen. They could go far, but only so far. They could do great things, but they were not God. Amen. The Spirit of God would set upon them. Amen. The mighty power of God would use them for a specific time or a specific season or a detail. But can I tell you, when it comes to Jesus Christ, the Bible says, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. I want to remind you here today that while others have been used by God, there was only one who came who was God, and he didn't have... There was no limits to what he could do. That's why he could say, peace be still. And the winds had to obey. That's why he could calm the storm. He could raise the dead. Oh, hallelujah. He that cometh from above is above all. And he that cometh, the scripture says, the scripture says that God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. Now, there, in no way is, can I do this justice here tonight as quickly as I want to try to move through this. But I hope and pray the Holy Ghost to help me deliver to somebody in this house what I feel like he challenged me to deliver here today. Oh, hallelujah. The Old Testament prophets, of course, had their measure of the Spirit of God enabling them to speak, enabling them to work. But but this one who we speak about tonight, amen, the anointing, the power, the glory, the ability to do, amen, was not given to him by measure. Amen. The word giveth here in this particular verse is in its present tense. It, it's, in, it, it's indicating a continuous and uninterrupted flow of power and authority. Amen. When God gave 
gave, when he was gave that anointing, he said, I, he giveth unto him. Amen. The, me, the, the spirit, not by measure. Amen. That giveth is an uninterrupted flow. It's a continuous flow. There's no way it could be measured. There's no way it could be there's no way you could put any type of measurement to it at all. Hallelujah. Amen. A few, year, a few months ago, I was, um, I was studying in my office, and I come across something I was not really too familiar about with. Brother Williams made a reference to Mike Tyson tonight. And uh, I, I'm not much of a boxing Guy, I don't, I don't read much about it. I don't, I don't get too caught up in the whole boxing world. But I come across a little story that, that got my attention. Has anybody ever heard of the term or the phrase, the tail of the tape? The tail of the tape. It is not the tail in like the tail of a dog or a cat. Or an animal, but it's the tale, it's the story that the tape tells. It's the story that the tape reveals. And what the phrase is referring to, it, it is referring to them taking a measuring tape and they will measure the boxers. They'll measure the size of their biceps. They will measure out every detail of the fighters and the intent here amen is to is to somehow uh, let the tape tell a story on what boxer has the advantage or what fighter has the greater chance of winning the battle Amen. So they will do this, and it become it become very. Uh, uh, if I could, if I could just put it in these kind of terms, it became dramatized. Amen. They they made big to dos, and they went through great detail, amen, to let the other side know how long this boxer here can reach and, and how big his biceps were and how tall he was because the, 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 uh, the idea here is to somehow, amen, inflict fear and intimidation in the eyes or in the mind of the other fighter, amen. They want the tape to tell a story. They want want the tape, amen, to try to depict who the winner is going to be. Can I just tell you, I've come to preach here tonight that, that every single adversity in your life has a measurement given to it. I don't care if it's a sickness, it has a measurement given to it. Amen. Your cancer is at a certain stage. It can be treated according to the measurement that you have. Can I tell you, depression has a measurement given to it. Anxiety has a measurement given to it. And while every single thing in your life has a measurement given it to it, you know what the enemy's trying to do? He's trying to put fear and he's trying to intimidate us. But I've come to preach to somebody here tonight that while your enemy has a measurement given to him, the God that I serve is immeasurable. You can measure the God we serve. You can measure 
I know what the tape is telling you tonight, but somebody's got to recognize that the God that I serve, I can't measure him out. I can't measure how big he is. I can't measure his faithfulness. Oh, I wish you would clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands, lift your voice. Now, hear me. He wants the sheer size of your problems to intimidate you to the point where you come to church, but you don't really believe God can really fix anything. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, maybe, maybe this stuff... Maybe this stuff dawned on you guys a long time ago, but it wasn't until I started looking at this from this perspective that I started realizing that every single thing we have in Scripture, the enemy has always had a tape measure out, and he's always been intimidating the people of God. Uh-huh. Amen. I'm telling you, he's always done his very best to intimidate us. When you, We started off as children learning about a little boy named David. We started out, Liz, as children in Sunday school. Amen. Hearing the story of a man called Goliath. Why is it that every single detail of Goliath is given the length of his spear, the size of his sword? the weight of the spearhead. Amen. He's a giant, but not only a giant, he's a champion. Can I just tell you, when when David stepped out on the battlefield, amen, the enemy had already convinced Israel, you're not big enough. You can't take me. I'm bigger than you are. I'm greater than you are. I've killed more than you have. And every single one of them who had the tape in their hand, they were measuring who he was and who they were but there was one little boy named David who said honey you're measuring the wrong guy you're not measuring me I come to you in the name of the Lord listen listen David was taken to Saul's tent. And the moment he got into Saul's tent, you know what Saul did? Saul started measuring David out. David, you're a youth. You're not, you can't do this, David. Yeah, you're not. David, he's killed, he's killed so many. You've never been in a battle. Here, here, let, let, me, let me put my armor on you. Let, let, me, let me do this. And let me put this on you. Let me, because you're not measuring up. I'm trying to help you out, but you're not measuring up. Sometimes it's not just the, the devil. Sometimes it's the people you're sitting around. <laughs> Sometimes it's not just the enemy. It's the company you keep. But all that there would be somebody that would say, I remember when I was on the backside of the wilderness. There was nobody there but me and Jesus. And a bear came out of the woods. Oh, hear me. The Bible says this about Saul. It says that Saul looked at David and said, You are not able. For you are but a youth. 
I'm so glad that David didn't listen to the naysayers. I'm so glad David did not listen to all of those people running around with a tape measure in their hand. Look how big the problem is. Look how difficult, look how big this is. My banking account don't cover that. Come on now. I said we, we measure it out because the enemy has put the tape in every one of our hands. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. That's what the devil's been telling you. That's what the enemy's trying to convince you of. You're not enough. You're not enough. And now you know what I've got to tell the devil? The same thing David told him. You come to me with spear and a sword. But if you're measuring me, go ahead and measure me. I'll never measure out to what you think I ought to be. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not coming with my own abilities. I'm not walking out there with my talent. I'm not walking out there with my own strength. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. You want to know why David chose the name of God? Because David realized if you're going to put a tape on the giant, you can get a measurement. But when you put a tape on God, he can't be measured. He's immeasurable. He's immeasurable. Somebody shout immeasurable. You can measure every difficulty in your life. Hear me. When I tell you every single difficulty and every single element of your life has a measurement given to it. Your marriage problem has a measurement. Your sickness has a measurement. Oh, yes, it does. But how do we measure a God? Where Isaiah 66 and 1 says, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. How do you put a tape on God? A God that says when I, David said in Psalms chapter 8, when I consider the heavens and the work of thy fingers the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained can I just tell somebody here tonight amen I don't care what you're going through God is bigger than what you're dealing with Oh, yes. I'm telling somebody here tonight, I don't care what you're dealing with right now. I don't care what you walked into this service under the weight of. I don't care what the enemy has tormented your mind with even while you sit in this building right now. Can I tell you that he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh within us? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything, everything, everything about him was measured. It was a really, really, really bad time. There had been a famine in the land. <laughs> and the man of God walks up in the yard and says, bake me a cake. And she says, I'm sorry, 
I'm picking up the last few sticks because all I have is a handful left. I have one handful of meal. I've already measured it out. I don't know how it's going to cover. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do next week because all I know is this is all I have right now. I have no idea about anybody here or anything that we may even be doing with, dealing with here. But I just want to challenge somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There are circumstances and there are obstacles that look too big for us to handle. I don't know what we got to do. I don't know what we got to fix. I don't know what we got to change. I don't know what we got to update. But I'm telling you, you cannot allow the price tag of what we've got to accomplish to stop us from believing that we can go forward uh, and we can have revival you hear this preacher when I tell you that it doesn't matter how many hundreds of thousands or even millions uh, God's bigger than that God's bigger all I got is a handful and the man of God says listen if you would just do what I ask you to do make me a cake you're going to find out if you just obey. You're going to find out that the God that you serve is bigger than the famine that you're in. There are people dropping off all around. There are people starving to death all around. But there was one little widow with a young lad that kept going back to a meal barrel that never ran dry. You want to know why? Because the famine wasn't as big as the God that she served. Come on, you've got to recognize God is bigger. He's bigger. Clap your hands with me right now. Would you lift your voice? Come on, lift your voice. Hallelujah. How do you, how do you measure a God? Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Verse number 18 tells us that Jesus said this. All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. All power. Somebody say all power. What do you need tonight? What do you need tonight? What do you need tonight? I don't know what you need. I don't know what miracle you need in your family. I don't know what miracle you need in your home. I don't know what miracle you need in your finances. But I, what I came to challenge somebody here tonight is very simply this. Amen. If you're ever going to get a miracle, you're going to have to realize that at some point in time, you're going to have to drop the tape and step back and say, okay, God, I trust that you know what I need and you're bigger than my problem. I'm going to quit measuring out how bad it is. I'm going to quit measuring out how difficult it looks. I'm going to quit measuring out how broke I am and I'm going to come to the house of God and I'm going to worship an immeasurable an immeasurable God see the tail if you hang on to the tape measure if you hang on to the tape measure it's going to tell you a story and you can't measure God so I don't know why you have it. 
Somebody said, well, I don't have a tape. No, yes, you do, because you keep going back to your checkbook and trying to figure out if you have enough money to pay your tithes and your offerings. Oh, hallelujah. You keep going back. And you, because the enemy's trying to convince you, hey man, it, it ain't going to work. It doesn't matter how many messages you who preach. It doesn't matter how many songs they sing. I know they sing songs like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. We sung it tonight. We sing songs like I've got the victory. But hear me when I tell you, it's hard to have victory when you got a tape in your hand. You've got to put the tape down. You've got to, the tape is telling a story. You gotta trust him enough to say, I believe. Oh, I wish you would clap your hands like you believe what I'm preaching right now. Hear me? Hear me when I'm telling you God he has the power to heal. You need a miracle in your family, you need a miracle in your life. He has the power to heal. He has the power to heal. He has the power to change any situation. I don't care what the situation is. He can change anything. Oh, hallelujah. The scripture tells us that adulterers, fornicators, liars, thieves, All of those unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But Paul said, oh, don't get too sanctimonious on me right now. But such were some of you. And at one point in time in your life, there was somebody with a tape saying that, that guy will never be here. You'll never get that one. He's too messed up. He's too broken. AA couldn't fix him. The rehabs couldn't fix him. Their family couldn't fix him. Their friends couldn't change him. A little girl standing there with tears rolling down her cheeks saying, Daddy, don't do it again. Couldn't fix him. But you know what did? One trip to an altar. Because when you, when you come in contact with a God that is beyond measure, it doesn't matter how far you are or how bad you are, you are no match for God. I want you to stand with me together all across the house. I told you I was going to do my best to preach short. Listen to me. I want the Holy Ghost to help us right now. But I want, what I would like to sue is every single one of you that hell has been fighting you. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about life. I'm not just talking about life. I'm talking about the, the onslaught. The onslaught of hell. It feels as if he's coming in like a flood. <laughs> one attack after another. One situation after another but I want you tonight as you walk to the front of this building to say God I'm setting the tape aside I'm not going to measure how bad it is any longer because that tape hear me when I tell you that tape is telling you a story but it can only reveal one side 
because you can't measure the God we serve. Pardon me for the personal testimony or example, using myself as an example, but I want to share with you even, even pastors and preachers have to deal with this element. It was May of, of 2022, and I was uh, scheduled to go to a conference in Lusaka, Zambia to preach there. And I knew when I left to go, Brother Williams, I, above and beyond the cost of my airline tickets and my hotel expenses and my food, I had to take somewhere in the neighborhood of about $18,000 with me to be able to pay for all of the expenses of the two conferences we were going to teach and preach in. These are relatively new works that Bishop Bass has God has given him inroads into these groups. And we have seen hundreds, not just 10 or 20, I'm talking hundreds of Trinitarian pastors baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Hundreds of them. We have personally been involved, personally been involved in baptizing many of them in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. I was going there to preach and teach. I didn't have the $18,000 to pay for that conference. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to take place. And I was sitting there in in my home on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday morning before we went to church. And I told my wife, I said, we have to book this ticket. She goes, how are you going to pay for it? I said, I don't know but I've got to book it. This is as low as the fare I've ever seen. I've got to get this ticket. If I don't get this ticket, the price, we're only a few weeks away. We have to, I have to purchase the ticket. And, and as I, the reason I was so adamant about purchasing this ticket right then is because I was reading 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14 where we read it often and we quote it many times. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their and we focus and we ought to we should focus that because our the focus of that verse is us getting on our face before God and talking to the Lord but God spoke to me out of that verse and said I want you to read that verse again and I read it he said read it I said if my people he said stop and I stopped. I said, what do you want? God, what am I looking at? I don't understand what you're trying to get my attention to. He said, first thing I want you to recognize is you got to do it before I do it. If my people. If my people. And then if you go past all of the first part of the verse, he says, then will I. I'm standing there wondering, fretting, worrying, stressing about an airline ticket and $18,000 I've got to come up with for a conference that I don't have the money for. And God says, if you will, I will. If you will drop the tape, quit measuring what your resources are and just act by faith. Trust me. 
and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I'm just telling you, I'm just giving you my personal testimony. I made the purchase of that airline ticket that day on a credit card I didn't even really have the money for. The very next day, the very next day, I'm driving to a service in Arkansas, and I get a phone call, and it's from a Mormon man in Salt Lake City, Utah. He goes, Mr. Worthen, I said, yes, sir. He said, where you at? I said, I'm on, on the road headed to Arkansas to a church service. Really, what are you doing there? I get to talk to him. He said, well, you know, you know, you know we're religious. I said, yeah, I know, I know. His name is Sean Stevenette. I said, Sean, I know, I know you're religious. He goes, well, my son is going on missions. He's going, to, he's going on his missions and to Paris. I said, Paris? That's a vacation, Sean. That's not missions. You want your boy to understand what real missions is? Send him with me to Zambia, Africa. He said, when are you going there? I said, in just a few weeks. He said, what in the world are you going to do there? I said, well, I'm going there to preach and teach, and I'm going to be doing two conferences back to back. He said, how do you afford to do that? This guy's a multimillionaire. I said, bro, I don't know. I just know God told me to do it. And those who want to involve and get, get involved, they just get involved and they help. He goes, man, I like that. He said, can I send you some money? I said, I'm sure we could work something out. What are you thinking? He said, I'd like to send you a check for $10,000. I, I listen, I'm not making this up, God. The, the Lord, I'm telling you how God works when you set the tape down. He said, I want to send you a check for $10,000 right there. God took care of the majority of the conference that I had to do. The very next day, I'm at home and I get a phone call from another man. Neither one of these men are even attached to the church. Neither one of them are apostolic. Neither one of them have the Holy Ghost. Neither one of them have the truth. He calls me up and he goes, hey, hey, pastor, what are you up to? I said, man, I'm in my office just working on some stuff. I've got a conference coming up in Africa and I'm putting some stuff together for it. What are you doing there? And I told him I went through the whole spiel again. He said, before I got off the phone with him, he PayPal'd me $2,500. The very next day, somebody walked up to me and handed me a check for $1,500. By that week, I had the entire conference paid for. Because when you will, God will. When you set the tape down, God will work. God will work. God will work. can't expect God listen to me God is God is moved and motivated by faith people who know who he is and they respond accordingly has it ever dawned on you why blind Bartimaeus got his miracle do you think that there was not other blind men there that were crying out? I just came across this a few days ago. 
Blind Bartimaeus got his miracle because blind Bartimaeus, the first time in scripture that we have Jesus being called the son of David, every Jew there knew that there was one coming, the Messiah, who was coming through the lineage of David. And when someone with an understanding of who he is is moved to the point that they are willing to set the tape down and quit measuring out how long I've been in this situation. How messed up my marriage has been for how many years now? Come on, you gotta quit measuring it all out. And you just gotta come and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have a mercy. I know you're big enough. I know you're able. I know you can fix any problem. You can you can put it in marriage back together. You can heal any disease. Would you lift your hands with me all across this house right now? Come on, come on, come on. He's here, he's here, and he's able. Come on, I need you to believe that he's able. Set the tape down, ma'am. Set the tape down, sir. Come on, put that measuring device away. Quit measuring it out. Come on, come on, come on. You gotta praise him like you know he's gonna do it. You gotta praise him like you know it's on his way. If you will, he will. If you will, 